Well, this was quite the scene tonight at the Canada Life Centre in Winnipeg. Huzli, uh, a Ukrainian male chorus singing the Ukrainian national anthem before the Jets game against the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Pretty touching, pretty powerful stuff. Well, the humanitarian impact of the war in Ukraine, and of course, all of us around the world watching it unfold, trying to figure out how to help, it continues to unfold in that country. Um, hundreds of thousands of people are fleeing to safer ground. The UN estimates 700,000 people have already left. That may reach as many as 4 million in the not-too-distant future. Many arriving in neighboring countries such as Romania, Moldova, Slovakia, Hungary, and Poland. Canada's foreign affairs minister is meant to be in Poland to monitor um, what's going on there to ensure that Canada's latest supply of military aid flows in and also that we're making sure that those coming out uh, are processed and perhaps have a place to go. So are we prepared to help the millions expected to flee the Russian invasion? My next guest says it's time for Canada to come up with some very bold ideas to help Ukrainians find the sanctuary they need now, including perhaps a humanitarian corridor to let people flee safely. Lloyd Axworthy is a former foreign affairs minister and the current chair of the World Refugee and Migration Council, and he joins me now. Welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Thank you. I guess just from the, the, what we're witnessing uh, is a humanitarian crisis unfolding very quickly in Ukraine. And I'm just wondering, from your position as, as the current chair of the, of the World Refugee and Migration Council, what are, we, what are we seeing unfold and how ready are we to absorb yet another, uh, you know, millions more people fleeing, fleeing war? Well, you know, I, I think that to me is uh, the darkest uh, shadow is that we're now into clearly a very different uh, stage of Russian invasion. Uh, it's, I guess it's really just setting up a siege where they're going to be targeting particularly civilians, cities, urban areas. So the idea that this is a military exercise has been abandoned into one that's really a, a full-scale assault on people. And uh, I think that changes uh, as bad as it's been. It could get worse, and what probably will get worse. And clearly, from a, from a, a fleeing a conflict point of view, we've seen this same situation unfold in Syria. Once the cities start to be bombarded, people have nowhere to go but out. That's right. And, and, and you know, uh, Ben, there's a special uh, concern I have. I think that we've got uh, experience now, and I, it's clear from the statements of. Uh, sort of uh, President Putin, that he wants to eliminate, uh, uh, extinguish what he calls the neo-fascist, meaning the legitimate government of Ukraine. And I'm afraid that if uh, they are able to take control of the capital and some other cities, they're going to hunt down uh, people, government officials, uh, human rights people, judges, lawyers. Uh, and I think that will be uh, something that will provide a special source of uh, of anxiety. It's to say nothing of a total suppression of any sense of uh, responsible behavior. He's just going to go after them. And we've seen that the Russians are not particularly nice when they go after people. You never see them again. So I think we need to begin thinking about how we establish a more effective lifeline for those who will be particularly targeted and who are particularly vulnerable? What might that look like—a lifeline for those who are who are who would be targeted by by Russia? 
Well, I, I mean, I think one thing is that, uh, as you know, through our council, we've already made representations to the Canadian government to be able to set up a system where on the border there's visa officers who can give basically what they call a prima facie uh, allowance for people to come in uh, rather than requiring all the kind of rigmarole and the uh, jumping through the hoops for a normal kind of, of uh, immigration or migration. Uh, it also means uh, seriously looking at an airlift. You know, if one of the cities like the Vogue is still operable, which I, I desperately hope it will be, uh, finding out that as we're sending planes to take uh, machine guns and camouflage helmets and things, that we may also want to talk about bringing people out who are particularly targeted um, in order to avoid that kind of uh, vendetta by uh, Mr. Putin and his, uh, his uh, gang of people. Is Canada done enough? Way, Sorry. I, I was just going to say, just as I was speaking, it came to me that uh, there is an interesting historical precedent that goes back right to the 1960s, and that is when the uh, Russians built the, uh, the Berlin Wall. There was a thing called the Berlin Airlift, right. where uh, many of the countries, including Canada, were engaged in flying over, the, over that wall to keep the people of Berlin alive. And I think that, uh, I know it sounds maybe melodramatic, but I, I really do think this is a time for extraordinary uh, efforts and putting some real imagination, some real uh, exercise of, of doing things differently and not just following the normal conventions. We always talk about the failure of imagination when we don't do things yeah. uh, like you've described. How... How is it set up now from a refugee and, and migration point of view? We're seeing just a vast amount of Ukrainians leaving the country um, and, and many more expected. Four million by the end of the week was the last that I had read. That's right. That's right. Are, are the sporting well, states ready for any of this? Is Canada ready to help? Well, it's, it's, I think the other countries so far have been very open. And they've been, uh, the, we've all seen the, the images of people streaming in. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think there's a basic principle that we need to share responsibility. It shouldn't just land on the countries which are neighboring uh, to Ukraine to be able to uh, uh, take hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people without getting some support from the rest of us who are a little bit distance removed. And we're not that far removed. We're you know, an eight-hour plane ride uh, so you can move people pretty quickly. But so far, there hasn't been what I would hope there would be is a more uh, general mobilization, coordination of a lot of the Western countries, including you know, the United States, Canada, the, the Brits, the French, uh, and others, uh, the Scandinavians, uh, to make sure that we're, we do our part. Uh, most of that resettlement, most of that uh, support, for the injuries and the traumas and the uh, uh, all the transgressions that were that were taking place would clearly ha be handled in the most immediate neighbors, but we simply can't let them do it alone, and we we have a responsibility to share.
I'm speaking with Lloyd Axworthy, former Canadian Foreign Affairs Minister and current chair of the World Refugee and Migration Council. We're talking about the fast-growing humanitarian crisis in Ukraine as the war there, Russia's invasion there, continues. Um, when you when you look at what may happen next, and I know you've spoken about this already, uh, but I think you, like many other people, are under the assumption that that the worst is yet to come in Ukraine, and that when that we need to be prepared as a, as a global league of nations to to welcome even more refugees mm-hmm. and even more migration than we've already seen. I I don't think there's any question. I mean, I'm I don't want to be a Cassandra. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but. Just watching the buildup of uh, Russian troops, I mean, they they, they have been uh, successfully thwarted by the bravery of so many Ukrainians. And I think that's going to continue. I mean, R- Russia is not out of this by any means. But there's going to have to be uh, a recognition that just the sheer weight of, of uh, res- resources and people and tanks and planes that, that the Russians can command is going to result in, I think, further real uh, serious uh, oppression going on in Ukraine. And that means that we again have to be, uh, as I think Western countries have showed a wonderful degree of unity on employing the financial sanctions, economic sanctions, sports sanctions. And I I want to say this, I think I'd do a little shout out today for the uh, announcement of our foreign minister, uh, uh, Madame Jolie, who said that Canada is going to uh, undertake a petition to the International Criminal Court about, uh, for an investigation on war crimes for Putin and, the, and his cohorts. I mean, I think that's a very strong statement to make. And I, I think as Canadians, we should uh, applaud the fact that we're taking leadership in that area. But I hope that uh, while the foreign minister is in Poland, she'll get a good uh, sense of just the enormous uh, pressures that are taking place and, and convince her colleagues in cabinet that this requires extraordinary effort uh, to first, uh, we have a, an incredibly uh, strong and uh, responsive Ukrainian Canadian community. I think uh, Canada has the third largest Ukrainian settlement outside of Ukraine and Russia itself. We should be using, we should be using that resource to provide uh, sponsorships for people coming here, something where people in the local communities uh, take some responsibility. And, and so it's not just a burden on government. It's something that, uh, and I know, I know, I can tell it already, uh, in the province of Manitoba, the, the premier here has already announced that she's prepared to take the nominate program uh, and include refugees as part of that. So I think there's a lot of great goodwill but I think it needs a, a coherent uh, effort by the federal government to make it happen. I'm speaking with Lloyd Axworthy, former Canadian Foreign Affairs Minister and current chair of the World Refugee and Migration Council. Uh, I wanted to ask you about what you've made of Canada's uh, Canada's actions so far uh, vis-a-vis Russia, and as well as where you think this goes next diplomatically. And we'll do that right after this. I'm back with Lloyd Axworthy, former Canadian Foreign Affairs Minister and current chair of the World Refugee and Migration Council. Uh, We've been talking about um, the growing humanitarian crisis caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, how prepared we are, uh, nations that border Ukraine, as well as us and others, to handle uh, the crisis that is unfolding and to help Ukrainians at least settle for now if they can't get back home. 
Um, I wanted to ask you from your foreign affairs perspective, what you've made of the sort of what you make of the opportunities for a negotiated end to this. We know that Russia and Ukraine are meeting again tomorrow. I don't think there's a lot of hope for those talks, but do you think there is a way to negotiate peace here? Uh, I think that will only come about when, when Russians themselves, and many of them are already feeling the pinch, many of them are just feeling the embarrassment of having their government undertake an illegal invasion. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think that has to have is that even more pressure, even more containment has to be applied. Uh, there's a major debate in the General Assembly on the Uniting for Peace resolution. Remember that that was a General Assembly issue that goes back in time that supported peacekeeping in the Suez, that uh, authorized a UN presence in Korea to stop the invasion. So I think that the diplomatic side is the Canada should be part very much of a spearhead uh, to increasingly deny the Putin uh, regime with any kind of access or position. There should be a challenge about the right of Russia to sit in a Security Council seat. I think that they have abrogated all the obligations that go with being a Security Council permanent member. I think they should be looking at Russian involvement in some of the other trade organizations. I would even think this, I mean, this may be uh, going on the limb, but right now we have a, a thing called the Arctic Council that was a very much a Canadian issue back in 96, 97. Russia is chairing that right now. I think Canada should be going to the Arctic Council and saying that you no longer uh, deserve or have the right to sit on a, a multilateral international grouping that's dedicated to a peaceful economic and social development and ask that they be recused or that they resign. So I think that there's still a pretty good toolkit, arsenal, if you like, of measures that can be taken to continue to put the pressure. And that may only be when uh, you really get, a, if there's any movement by the Putin government, uh, it would be feeling that kind of pressure. And maybe the, the better alternative is to actually see there's enough pressure inside Russia itself that Putin's forced to resign. You've, you've spent a bit of time with with uh, in the same room as Vladimir Putin uh, back in the day uh, when uh, his reputation was a little bit different than it is today. Um, oh, not com- uh, what do you are there any concerns? Do you, and he's already issued threats. Are there any concerns yeah. about what he does if he's backed into a corner? If you're a dip- if you're Canada's yeah. chief diplomat right now, what are you worried about? Well, I, I think uh, there's no doubt that his uh, saber rattling on the use of nuclear weapons uh, could be a real threat. Uh, I mean, we know from, from all every study that if there's any slightest effort to use a nuclear weapon, uh, it will it will be a cascade which will absolutely affect the lives of tens of millions, if not more, people around the world. It will create an environmental disaster, setting up a cloud that will freeze what we're doing. I, I really think that uh, uh, we have to be very wary uh, and, and put into place some some exit ramps for Putin and maybe the people around him. Uh, but that means that doesn't mean making concessions; it's just finding some way uh, that he is uh, 
he's really constrained, contained, if you like, uh, or as our foreign minister said, suffocated, uh, so that these things can't be used. I have to think that there are sane people in the Kremlin who would, uh, if they thought that uh, Putin was going to put his finger on the trigger, that they would find a way to stop him. And that message should be clearly made that, uh, that we can't get into a tic-tac-toe, into some kind of an exchange. Uh, we would destroy, really, uh, for generations this world. So I, I don't want to be, again, overdramatic. But this man is has become a, 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 what I guess you would call an existential threat. Uh, it may be as severe in its impact as conflict and corruption or COVID. Lloyd Axworthy, thank you so much for your time tonight. Well, thank you for the opportunity.